0: Welcome to Becoming Church, the podcast where we discuss how the message and movement of Jesus is not just about becoming Christians, but about becoming the church. I'm your host, Kristen Mockler-Young, and I'm so glad you're joining the conversation. welcome back to Becoming Church. Listen, I don't usually say this, but I want you to go ahead and hit pause on this episode right away because you need to go grab a pen. If you're on the treadmill, maybe right on your arm, if you're driving, I don't know, plan to come back and listen to this later. But I am here today with a trauma therapist who is going to help us solve all of the problems that followed us into 2023. (laughs) That's not too big of a promise, is it,
1: Tabitha? No, not at all.
0: (laughs) Yes, I am happy to introduce you to Tabitha Panariso, who is a a Christ centered, trauma informed therapist who helps people fight for an unwavering faith in an unsteady world. Did I get that right? Yeah, you did. (laughs) I I copied it right off your website and then I just had to read it. So, (laughs) sounds better said than written. I love it.
1: (laughs) Yes, I love it. Well, give us a little peek into what all of that means for you. Yes. Well, you know, I have found that as someone who has tried to seek out her own therapy, that it can be Mm. difficult finding someone who is a credentialed therapist, but is also a Christian. And as I've come back into this world of therapy, that is something that I've really wanted to make space for is people who love Jesus, but also acknowledge that they have things that they need to work on and making space for those people um, so that they're comfortable with the person who's sitting across from them, knowing that they share some foundational beliefs, right? Yeah. And as a trauma-informed therapist, I essentially just am able to acknowledge that whatever past suffering that we have really informs our present Um, and that it not only just our present, but our, our, how our bodies feel, the choices that we're making, you know, I heard it said once, and I really love how it was put that being trauma informed essentially emphasizes answering the question of not what's wrong with you, but what happened to you. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. We get to explore that and acknowledge, Okay, you know, these things that were significant in your life really continue to affect you and um, have wired your brain, your mind to make decisions. And a lot of times we're not aware of that. So we get to explore that together, which is really great.
0: Yeah. And sometimes you just need somebody to tell you, hey, this is not about who you are. This is what happened to you. And it was out of your control even yes. if we play a part in it sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move on, actually, I feel like, I know I know for a fact that a lot of our listeners um, are both Christians and they go to therapy. And so for a lot of people, and you yes. can see all over social media, this has almost become like a thing, right? That everybody wants to talk about their therapist, which is great. But also I feel like there are still in certain religious circles, like a stigma when it comes to therapy. Have you seen that? Or do you have any insight into- why that seems to happen in certain like churches?
1: Yeah, I think, I I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily just Christian culture. I I think it's generational, and I think it is exasperated in Christian culture because there's this pressure to be put together, to be a finished work. And we're not certain, nor do we have a lot of good, healthy models for what it looks like to live in victory of what Christ did for us on the cross, but also be able to acknowledge the sin that's corrupted the world that we live in now. It's it's that um, tension and i think yeah. because we don't know the answer because it's uncomfortable to even sit in that space we either swing to the side of okay nothing's wrong everything's fine or everything's wrong everything's a disaster right um, yeah. it's hard to live in that nuance in that in that what feels like a gray area right yeah yeah. Which really, if anybody's listened
0: to this podcast before, that's where we pretty much live is in the yeah. gray area and in the middle of all these things. So <laughs> I love that you said that. I'm like, I do not, I truly don't think we have published an episode yet where the word nuance was not present regardless <laughs> of
1: topic. So <laughs> this is perfect. Sometimes I hate hearing myself say it. I roll my eyes at myself. I'm like, ah, oh, too much. <laughs> but it's so true. <laughs>
0: Yes, there's no better words. sometimes, you know. (laughs) So explain to us what you do as a trauma therapist, again, for people maybe that have thought about going to therapy, or maybe they're on the side of telling themselves like they don't need to, it's not necessary. What is it that you do? And how does it how does it actually help people?
1: Yeah, I, you know, it, it definitely depends on the person and what they're presenting as the problem in their own life. But I think it could be helpful to someone who maybe hasn't been to therapy, just to even understand like the initial process. So, um, if someone were to come to me and say, Hey, you know, I want to set up a session with you. You know, one of the first things I like to do is gather information. So, tell me what are you physically feeling in your body? Are you not getting a lot of sleep? Are you feeling anxious? Um, Are you crying a lot? Um, Those are really normal symptoms that a lot of people experience when life becomes overwhelming. And then we, there's also a form that I usually might have someone fill out where it asks questions about your childhood. Did you experience any kind of abuse or sexual trauma? Um, did you feel loved in your home or neglected, right? And yeah. I have that information, um, but it's not really my prerogative to to bring it up in session. Um, you know, that first time that we meet is really an opportunity for that person to share their life history. And we spend a good amount of time really just talking about your childhood and what it was like living with your mom and dad. Um, you know, what things do you remember? What things stand out? And then at the very end, we spend time talking about, hey, This is why I'm here. Right. And usually it it can be pretty clear that there's some connections between the things that you've shared about your past and the things that you're struggling with now. Right. Um, Just on the outset. And then as we work together through the various sessions that we have, we continue to tie those things together and acknowledge this is what's informing your present right now. This is why this narrative that is really unhealthy is stuck and and allowing you to live stagnant or um, making you feel hopeless. And how can we um, change that narrative? How can we move forward? And, you know, trying to find practical strategies for that. And something I'm also really passionate about is somatic Um, therapy, which is really just being mindful of your body and how your body is feeling um, and how you are aware of what your body is feeling. And so sometimes helping clients become more mindful of not just what's happening in their head and their heart, but where they're feeling something physically um, and utilizing different exercises to with that or even regulate what's happening in your body. It might be something that we do in session. Yeah. I mean, I do that with my
0: daughters. Um, they both have a, a touch of anxiety. One of them has generalized anxiety like out the wazoo. So for sure we've done this with her and yeah, it really is. I'm amazed at how learning strategies of mindfulness of going, what am I feeling? Um, I think before I went to therapy myself, I would have just been like, oh, she's so self-aware and it's good to be self-aware, but it really, and it is to an extent, but you're I'm basically giving her tools so that when I'm not there or yeah. the counselor is not there, she's in the classroom in the middle of a stressful situation. She can stop on her own and go, okay, how am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? Am I just tired? What's going on? You know, and it's, yeah, and for her to already have this knowledge and these strategies at nine, I'm like, you're already light years ahead of where I was <laughs> yes. as
1: a kid. It's impressive. It changes yeah. everything too. I, and I really think it helps us become more adjust, or able to adjust to really difficult situations and circumstances to be able yeah. to, to regulate what's happening within us, right? Yeah, I think there's a joke too that like therapy
0: is obviously is just, you're going to talk about your childhood and you're going to talk about your family and your parents and blah, blah, blah. But it's actually true. Like (laughs) when I went to therapy I swear my therapist is like a magician because she would say something all of a sudden, a story, a memory, a something from growing up would pop into my head. I'd be saying one thing. All of a sudden I'd be telling this story going, I don't know why I'm telling you this. I don't even know where this came from because it's not even something that I remembered. And she would be like, right, but it's exactly tied to you know, what's happening. And I was
1: like, well, now you get to tell me how and why, because I don't understand. <laughs> right. There's a reason why we think of things, right. That they come to mind and they're significant. They're always significant. Yeah. And having a good friend and somebody to process with is
0: great, but I don't know how you guys do it. You know, just the right questions to ask. And <laughs> I I highly recommend everyone going to therapy at least <laughs> for, a, for a while. So I think that Tabitha, I've I've shared this um, with some people publicly, and I've noticed that I seem to not be alone right now. In that 2023. 2023- started really rough for a lot of people where either we didn't feel ready and it came anyway, because that's, you know, how life happens. And people just feel like, man, they were just kind of drug across the finish line into a new year. Mm -hmm. Um, and instead of having an excitement of new things and goals and whatever, everything just kind of feels heavy. Mm -hmm. What do we do? Like what hope can we give people like that? Like me? Who are in this season where we're like, okay, everything is supposed to be fun and great and new and yay, but it all just still feels ugh. Yeah,
1: just muck. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a really great question. You know, I think the first thing is to remember where you came from, right? And and even just to remember that this isn't for always. Mm-hmm. To remember that these feelings that we have aren't permanent, that they're temporary. And I think often that's where we get stuck is when we, when we allow the emotions that we have to become so, so significant in our lives that they just seem permanent, right? Versus mm-hmm. just acknowledging them, accepting them, and then knowing that they'll eventually in due time, pass right. Yeah. But I also think that it's really about checking our perspective. Something I talk a lot about with like different clients is our agency and our our ability to enact change in our life. And I think that hopelessness can come from a place of not feeling like we have any control, right, or have yeah. any agency. And and so when we are able to Really think through what we don't have control over versus what we do have control over that helps alleviate that just burden that we feel, right? That we can mm-hmm. surrender. Okay, I don't have control over the fact that eggs cost $20 a dozen. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, I don't have control over how much I'm spending on groceries right now, or don't have control over what's going on in my family. System, But I do have the agency to work on myself or I do have the agency to maybe make some changes and shifts in my own um, intimate family or in my own intimate relationships. And so I I think really narrowing it down to putting our feet on the ground and being very present to what actually is in our circle of control. helps us move from hopelessness to hopeful, right? It, it changes it because we're staying and then in our own lane, right? We're not trying to save the world. Um, yeah, yeah. That's good. I feel like you just gave me homework.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, guys, listeners, listen, this is good. Write this
1: down. God's like, you write it down. You, <laughs> you also take the you time, and make a list. It's a, it's a daily, I think it's a daily thing because it's our natural, maybe not for everyone, but I know for myself personally, I can want to just save everything, right? And I want to fix everything. But if I operate from that place, that's when I easily begin to just feel so overwhelmed and burdened. And then I just get stuck because it is too heavy. But if I surrender the things that I'm not in control of and focus on what I do have control over, then that changes the narrative completely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. So you mentioned the word you know perspective and keeping perspective but I I learned
0: that myself um I am a minimizer and so I tend to minimize things and go okay well this is really heavy and hard and I think too because I'm a pastor I try to always be like point to Jesus and hope and light and joy and <laughs> and, and, and there is hope and everything's going to be okay and so what I tend to do is minimize and go like all right well what I'm experiencing or what I'm feeling is not as bad as this person it could be so much worse. It's not this, but I also know that that's not healthy either. And so there's this tension, right? Between keeping perspective, but also allowing ourselves to grieve and acknowledge that what we're going through or went through was actually a trauma. So like, how do we do that? How do we, how do we live in the tension of
1: those two things? Yeah. I, I would probably respond with asking the question of, Who's deciding that it needs to be tense, right? Because someone is exerting control over whatever expectations we have for the, um, like a proper amount of time or the proper way we're supposed to deal or grieve or struggle. And I think that the most freeing thing that we can do is just untether ourselves from those expectations. That we, we just don't give ourselves as much credit as I think we could, you know, that we are, we're capable of knowing what we need and then giving ourselves what we need and then knowing, okay, it's now time for me to pick myself up. Right. Um, At least for the general population, right. Obviously there's situations where things get maybe more complicated and, and that's, that happens. But for most of us, we're so worried about trying to stick things in a box and compartmentalize it and and do it the right way. And I think if we were just to um, give ourselves permission to do it the messy way, then we would move far more fluidly throughout life and through the more difficult Hard situation, and we wouldn't minimize them, right? We would be able to acknowledge and say, This is hard, this is difficult. And for right now, I'm gonna really feel that, but I know and I know me and I know what I'm capable of. And I know that in a a day or two days, I'll be able to pick myself back up and move forward.
0: Yeah, I'm hearing you say basically like living authentically. Is that kind of part of what you're saying? Like being able to just say, This is hard and it's okay. Yes. This is good and that's also good, you know, that's also fine. Mm-hmm. And I, I know there are people that can do that easier than others. Um, mm-hmm. and I know that there are people too that really struggle with that. And even if they can't pinpoint a person, if it's not, you know, pretty much everybody listening now is a grown up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. We we to an extent still have our parents, you know, trying to put expectations on us, whether they realize it or not. Yes. Um, but if it's not a parent or it's not a boss. Do you think it's just like culture that we are like, how would people figure out what that voice is? Yeah. Who do we fight? How are we, who are we
1: fighting against basically? I mean, I think often ourselves, I think when you think about the systems that we live in, there's so many exerting forces. So you could easily blame the culture, but sometimes it's just our own, something that we've made the decision to believe that Mm -hmm. in order to be a successful, accomplished adults, then this is how we are supposed to navigate these difficult situations. And maybe that means we just haven't had a model for something otherwise, which is often the case that we just don't have a model for what that looks like. Right. And so beyond just getting therapy and discussing that with someone, because there probably is a reason why that narrative exists of like, I can't deal with these hard things in this way. Um, I think it's helpful to find people in your life who can point you in that direction of reminding you, someone in your life who gives you permission to do almost the opposite of what feels like the, your natural instinct, right? Yeah. So if you're someone who wants to shut down, having someone in your life who's like, okay, I need you to open, open up and tell me what's going on. And that yeah. sort of counteracts that that force within you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that can be hard too, because that means we have to trust people, right? That means we have to let people in. And I think what happens is, and I'll just speak for myself, like when I'm feeling isolated or whatever, heavy, hopeless, I want to be alone because the enemy is telling me to be alone because if he can keep me isolated, then he knows Mm-hmm. I'm not going to find hope. And yeah. so it is even taking baby steps of like, okay, leave your house, call someone, do mm-hmm. a FaceTime, like meet somebody for coffee. You know, um, it sounds overwhelming to be like, and I have to find the person that I can trust with all of my stuff, mm-hmm.
1: but we and that can might not take feel... baby
0: steps go in there. Right. You know.
1: And that might not feel safe to you right now too. And so that's something that you have to give yourself compassion for as well as like, it may not be safe or feel safe to share certain things with certain people and that's okay. And so, like yeah. you said, figuring out things that do feel safe, that do honor where you're at. And then just moving slowly through that is really going to help you process. Yeah. That's good.
0: Is there for you? Mm-hmm. Um, cause I know even therapists have bad days. <laughs> Is there a particular scripture or story or anything that you go back to when you feel like you're starting to get into a dark place and you, you need to find some hope?
1: Mm. Yeah. Oh, this is so hard because I just feel like, you know, you could easily be like, let me tell you five different, <laughs> five different things. Um, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna say the the woman at the well, but what I really want to say for right now for this year, I really struggle with believing that there are good things in store for me. Mm -hmm. I like, there's this narrative that I live with where I believe that I'm going to be just, I don't know, screwed over, I guess, you know, left out, um, losing out on like, opportunities or, or whatever else, like constantly waiting for like the other foot to drop, you know? Yeah. Um, and so right now the scripture that's really been giving me hope that has been moving me forward is from Psalm, I think 27, 23, um, where it's surely the goodness and mercy of God shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall live. In the house of the Lord forever. And so just remembering God's goodness and his kindness and his mercy, and really trying to apply that to myself, that it's not just like this general goodness, like everyone else is going to get the goodness of God, but that I, Tabitha, will also benefit from the goodness and the kindness of the Lord too. That's really what's been meeting me in like the really darker hours where I find myself just like, is there any good for me in store or yeah. have you forgotten about me? Have you abandoned me here? That's yeah. what's helping me.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. I love that.
1: I was at a worship night a couple of weeks ago and
0: we sang um, goodness of God. Yes. And this is when I was, I'm, I'm finally coming. I feel like I'm coming out of my hole, but I was not in a great place, which is why I went to this worship night. I <laughs> <That> was like, <laughs> me and God need some time like at a, at a church service that I have nothing to do with. I'm not controlling. I'm not working. Like I just need to hear from you. And that song came on and I could feel my cynicism like bubbling up and I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Good for you. Your goodness is everywhere with us. Yeah. you know. When, and there's that line in the song that says his goodness is running after me. Mm-hmm. And I where do you, God gets sassy with me because I can <laughs> handle it. And that's the only way that he gets my attention sometimes, <laughs> but we sang that line. And I was like, yay for everybody else. And he was like, uh, my goodness is running after you. If you would like slow down, you're running away from me so fast. Like I'm chasing you and I'm yes. chasing you with my goodness and you will not sit with me and accept it. And you will not sit with me and see it. And not like it's my fault, but he was really like, you have to notice that I'm here. <laughs> like
1: yeah. slow down
0: a minute. Mm. I was like,
1: Oh, okay. Well heard. Thank you. i receive sometimes with those kinds of songs i've actually been listening to that song over and over again lately too i have to actually listen to the song over and over and over again so it breaks it it just slowly begins to break that outer core in me of like i can believe this this is for me you know yeah Yeah. worship (laughs) has been a thing for me the last couple weeks that i'm like oh right
0: i don't listen to this because it feels like I want to, but I'm listening to this because this is what I need. Yeah. You know, right now, what other practical things going into therapy, you know, listening to certain worship songs over and over or finding like a, an anchor verse for a season. Are
1: there other practical things that you think people can do Mm. right now? Yeah. Um, one of the things that really helps me Last year, and I haven't been able to do it as much this year because it's cold in Colorado where I'm at, and I just it's hard to be outside when it's cold. Yeah, I, I feel you. <laughs> um, but I love running, and I have found that like moving my body and being in a place of almost dependence, mm-hmm. but that my my very breath is dependent on God, that has helped me surrender any kind of expectation I have on myself to sustain myself. Right. And, and so getting back in my body and being more aware of just the connection that's happening within me has been really helpful, but also just the connection I have with God of, you know, my very life is dependent on him. And I think having a physical representation of that is so, so good. And so I know that not everyone likes to run, but just even doing yoga or walking, yeah. something that moves you out of these tiny buildings, boxes that we're in, that moves us away from the screens, the things that are disconnecting us, that has been so transformative for me. And it really just gives me a lot of hope too, because it's like my body can withstand so much more than I think is possible. And I think that's what's so interesting about it is you begin to see how your mind tries to make up these stories about what's possible and what's not possible. And sometimes you should listen to your mind, but a lot of times your, your body literally is just so much more capable yeah. It can go the distance. Right. It, it really can do these hard things. And so it's cool seeing that and yeah. being pushed a little bit to remember you are capable. God does give you strength and the season that feels overwhelming and hard and makes you just want to fall to your knees. Like you, you can go further than you yeah. think you know? Well, it's good practice
0: flexing our like self-control muscle because mm-hmm. yes, with our physical bodies, but also, you know, when the enemy's coming in and telling us lies and we're starting to believe things, Yeah, it, we have to use that muscle too, to come against it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny. I got a Peloton for Christmas. Well, my yes. husband and I kind of got it for our, our family, you know, and I was laughing because moving my body from like, I can tell when I haven't worked out not because of my physical body, but because of my brain and my anxiety and my stress level. And yeah. I was kind of laughing recently because one of the instructors, Robin in particular, every single single time I take her class, I end up crying. And I'm like, okay, I'm not because it's so hard, but because God is speaking through her Mm. And she says, I swear, every time I'm like, she's my Peloton pastor. Like she just is. So I'm, I'm moving my body and I'm like giving my brain a break. And then I'm just receiving these things that I need to hear. And I've never cried in an exercise before, (laughs) but it keeps happening
1: with Robin. I have definitely cried while doing Peloton before. I have, I have, (laughs) Catholic. it's so good it is.
0: okay I'll have to find you we can be Peloton friends yes yes it be so funny um currently I just I changed it but currently my name on there is pastor spice because <laughs> I was like I need to find something that makes sense and that's it so um, <laughs> more questions for you and they kind of go together they're kind of opposite yeah because you are a christian therapist have you seen a pattern not just in your office but in the world i just feel like you're more aware of this have -hmm. you seen a pattern of christians doing or saying particular things that maybe they think are healthy or helpful but they're actually
1: not that we Mm -hmm. should be aware of and like stop doing yeah yeah um this is actually i'm gonna try not to get riled up while talking about this oh come on let's (laughs) let's go (laughs) It it will be surprising because I do have this natural proclivity to be more in the middle than extreme, but I think sometimes the middle seems extreme to people. And so this is where this is coming from. Um, But I've noticed that we either pendulum swing from a place of a desperate need to tie a bow on things and make it look complete and finished right versus the other part of um we have to leave things completely unwrapped right Mm -hmm. and how I see that playing out in the Christian world is that we either we either go I don't want to say too far but we almost live in this like fake posture of oh gosh like in in the victory of Christ without acknowledging our humanity within it. Right. Versus just being like, I'm broken. I'm always going to be broken. Right. Um, a really easy way to like theologically wrap that up is like, we either live in this place of like, I am a sinner, always a sinner, or I'm a saint. And therefore that makes me completely perfect right now. Mm -hmm. And I just think that really harms us and really hinders us from fully expressing just the beauty of the gospel and how it plays out in our world. And so the, my heart just desires that we can live in the victory of Christ and we can say things are finished and that wholeness is possible because Christ is who makes us whole, but that we can still acknowledge that the vulnerable parts of us, the parts of us that need work that are still struggling that, um, for some of us might still be broken. Right. And it's, I understand why it's tough to illustrate. I, I, I get it because it practically is hard to represent within even like a church service or, um, you know, It can be even hard to do in a conversation when you're encouraging someone, but I think it's something that we need to work on. And I think we would just see, we would see people come, come alive, you know, if we were able to almost hold both in our hands simultaneously. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, our, yeah, truly like
0: (laughs) we talk all the time about, we'll say like holding hands on both sides, but same idea. Like we We should be in the middle of things and not go one extreme or the other because like Jesus is actually in the middle. And so we can be too in every fill in the blank area that we, you know, that comes across our plates.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Love that. All right. So on the flip side, since the podcast is called Becoming Church, how can people be the church to a hurting world without just like slapping spiritual band-aids on, you know, actual wounds that people have?
1: Yeah, I don't think it is the flip side. I think it is a continuation oh. of that. I think it's, it really is stepping into our humanity so that God's glory can be magnified, right? And practically for us to be the church, I mean, that looks like going first in your small group and being That's able good. to be vulnerable. It's being able to share scripture with someone who needs encouragement, but doing it in a way that validates their experience and affirms the pain and the suffering that they're living in you know and i think also something i'm working on is it's being able to extend yourself to other people who are so different from you um who other people might judge you for being in the presence of um but knowing that because of who you are in christ that you're you're able to be with them in their suffering, right? Yeah. Um, I see, or in my own experience, I'm sure this is maybe not the same other places, but a reoccurring theme I've seen is especially with women who have gotten divorced, or even men who have gotten divorced, how quickly the church will retract their love and mercy from them, mm-hmm. and how quickly a community will um separate themselves from, from that person. And I think in order to show our humanity, it's being able to go into that situation, not feel the need to take a side or make a judgment call or even offer our own opinions or advice, but just wrap that person in love and let God do the work. Yeah. We don't have to do the work for him. And I think that's where we get things a little bit confused sometimes.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think there can be a pride issue too of, thinking even with your example of divorce, like, Oh, I would never do that. Well, you might actually like, (laughs) that's something I realized, you know, whatever it is, if it's not divorce, it's a people group. It's somebody that's done X, Y, or Z. The second that we tell ourselves, we would never do that. We are removing any connection that we would ever have with those people.
1: And we're fooling ourselves. I think, you know, we're all capable of everything. (laughs) I think we and we live from this place of thinking we have to defend God's word. And I mean, the audacity for us to believe that we that we need to do that for him, you know, that that I really can be confident in what I believe and still go out and love these people who yeah. think differently than me or whose lives are messy and not worry about trying to defend God to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: he's already actually met them where they are. He's already yeah. in there with their mess mm-hmm. with everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that. What a great way to end, Tabitha. Thank you so <laughs> much for being here. This was really, really helpful. Thank you. Thank you for so, inviting. Yes, we will link up, friends. If this was helpful, if you want to have more therapy questions, or um, I, I'll link up Tabitha's website and social media. You have a, a devotion on you version too, right? I do. It's called Keep Going. Oh, I need to go download that right now. (laughs) We will link it all up in the show notes. Thank you. All right, friends, before you go, let me ask you, will you rate this podcast on whatever platform you happen to be listening on? It actually does help people to find the show. And if you found it helpful, they'll probably find it helpful as well. Listen, if you want bonus points or extra credit, you can leave a written review while you're there as well. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.